Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. I'm excited. What are we drinking today? Well, since this is the very first podcast, I thought this is, you know, this is something we should celebrate. Right. So I brought us bubbles because what's more fun than bubbles? I I know a woman can never have too few bubbles or too many bubbles in her life. So what I brought for us is something that's very affordable because as you know, we want to invite our listeners to join us in the same bottle that we are enjoying during our podcast. Exactly. Although... I think it's important to note. If you are listening to our podcast while you are driving, please do not drink <laughs> no the wine or the champagne <laughs> or whatever cocktail we have while you are driving. Yes. Uh, it's definitely you can listen and drink, but don't listen, drink, and drive. Uh, it is, we just have to put that out there. We know our listeners are, are very safe and responsible. And maybe you could just, if you want to be driving around. Call Uber. Have Uber drive you Call around Lyft. while you listen to our podcast. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, what do we have tonight? So today, today we are drinking... Eloquent. It's a cava. Uh, it's a Brut Rosé. This is something you can find. I, we're in, located in St. Louis. You can find it at several stores here. I got it at the Wine Merchant. I love those guys. So this is a Brut Rosé. It's very, very delicious. Easy to drink, which I thought it's perfect for this occasion. So okay. shall I? Absolutely. All right. Let's get see that, if I can get this. That ha <laughs> Perfect, perfect. You know, while we are pouring this uh, fantastic uh, bottle of cava here, I wanted to introduce our guest that we have with us today. We have Mish Hancock. Hello. Welcome, Mish, to the first episode of Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. Thank you. I'm totally honored. Well, Miss, you are very brave and encouraging at the same time. You're very encouraging as well. But a little backstory. I was introduced to Mish by Emily. Emily and Mish have known each other a little longer. And Mish has a podcast herself called Mish Mash that she um, interviews people that she just wants to get to know. And she produces it here at Shock City Studios. We're very fortunate to be at Shock City today. And uh, Mish and Emily... We're like, you guys need to do this podcast. This idea that you have, you guys need to do it. So anyway, go ahead, Emily. Yeah. So, I mean, I, we all adore Mish. She's amazing. She's an amazing business person. Thank she you. has multiple ventures. She owns a company called 100th Monkey Media that specializes in social media. She's got this great podcast where she's interviewing the weird and the wacky and the most amazing people around. And then, of course, she is the founder of TEDx Gateway Arch. So she's just always surrounded surrounding yourself by amazing people. So, of course, we wanted her to be here <laughs> with us today. And, you know, one of the real cores about what we want to accomplish here is we want to have authentic, real conversations about what it is to be a, a woman, an entrepreneur, a wife, a mother, a friend, um, a neighbor, all, all of the things that we encounter every day. And we want to be just absolutely real and authentic, real women, real lives. So we just want to open up, have a friendly conversation, have some bubbles. Yes. So let's awesome. start off with a real quick show of mind. First, you guys should toast. A little toast. Cheers. 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 To Cheers. literally speaking. <laughs> <Ding>. The podcast. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> How fun. We'll is give it our yummy? listeners a chance to have a sip as well. Ooh, that, that is a sip. Isn't that delicious? Taking those bubbles. That is delicious. It's um, kind of like 
a nice kind of strawberry kind of essence, a little like it's not um, too dry camembert, no, kind fantastic. of creamy cheese, kind of. Um, on the palate, I know. I have, the to, wine I have to make a confession there. to all of our listeners out there. Emily is the wine expert. I have been a drinker of wine <laughs> for a long time, but I am no by no means an expert at it. So I am going. I'm looking forward to this podcast, and for a number of reasons. But one is just to get some of her education, learn, and be even more. Gonna, delighted with the yeah. vintages and the bottles that I drink other than, boy, this really tastes good. <laughs> we, we, this is some good stuff. And it was only $6? Okay, get some we, more. We had a fun time trying to figure out what bottle to drink on this first podcast. We were talking for a while, like, do we go Beaujolais Nouveau? Because, you Ooh, know, this new, is a new, right? new, you know, and then I was like, hmm, I started looking in my collection. I'm like, I don't know about Beaujolais Nouveau. That's so temporary. I want something substantial. So I pulled out this other Beaujolais that I have and Michelle was like I, I I counseled Emily against us drinking her so expensive bottle of wine on the first show. I said, "Let's let's wait. Let's let's yeah. stick in a fifteen dollars range." <laughs> we don't want to, We do not want to intimidate our listeners right, on the first right. one. Go out and buy that seventy five dollars bottle right, of wine, right. and you can listen along. No, not what we're about at all. Become an expensive podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, we we're worth it. Absolutely. We, yeah, might, absolutely, we might actually drink that bottle after the podcast. Okay. You know, because it is. Has been pulled out of the, the cellar. So yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. <laughs> right. Well, one of the things that really hit me this morning uh, oh, was yeah. a, a post that a friend had put on on Facebook today. And then we were we talked a little bit about this in advance of the show, Mish. And I just wanted to read this post, and we'll have it on our our website, on our Instagram, and our Facebook as well. But it's a. Uh, I'm going to read it slow so everybody can take it in. Be a woman other women can trust. Have the courage to tell another woman direct when she has offended, hurt, or disappointed you. Successful women have a loyal tribe of loyal and honest women behind them, not haters, not backstabbers, or women who whisper behind their back. Be a woman who lifts other women. And we thought... This is perfect for today with Mish because you mm-hmm. totally lifted Emily and I up Aww. when we came to you with our idea. Thank you, guys. And I love that. I think that that is a beautiful thing to say because it's so true. And a lot of times, I mean, if somebody has offended you, sometimes they don't even know it. <laughs> and if you don't bring it up to them, then they don't get the chance to explain what the heck happened there. It's so true. And, you know, I think as women, we are... We give other people a lot of space. You know, I think we're very accommodating by nature. Yep. And so we tend to not be so, hey, that what you, that hurt my feelings. You know, right. we, we tend to just, you know, kind of shove that under. And we put up with those kinds of interactions that ruffle us the wrong way for a time until it finally gets to a point where it's toxic. Right? Right. So how do we shift that? How do we start being well, more proactive about that? I would say that one of the things that comes with age is the ability to recognize who are going to be your loyal tribe. You know, exactly. as you're growing up, you yes. definitely go through like this friend, that friend. Like, why is she so hurtful? And I remember my mother saying to me, well, Michelle, with enemy, with friends like that, who needs enemies? You know, and not really understanding <laughs> the, my choices and friendships until I got a little older. And then I'm like, my mom was so wise. She is still very wise. Um, but I think that's what's really cool about the universe, bringing people to us as we 
get older. Or maybe we're just more aware of the fact that people who can impact our lives in a positive sense are being brought to us on hopefully on a regular basis. But even in a negative sense, I think awareness is huge. Right. Mm -hmm. And I cannot remember the woman who did this TED talk, but I I watched a TED talk where a woman was talking about how and she talks about fury. And she said that a friend of hers was at a shop or something and a, a gentleman came up from behind her and literally put his hands on her shoulders and moved her out of the oh way my. and she didn't know what to do with it she was so shocked by it right and so taken aback by it and it took her a while like she was like what what and then she found the word well i was i was it, i was furious that mm-hmm. that person did that he felt he could just move me out of the way now her saying that to us gives us the awareness right. that if someone would do that i i would okay i would turn furious. around and say whoa whoa what what is your deal, buddy? Yeah, you know, right. I would confront it, but I don't know that I would have confronted it without that information, without that being brought into my awareness. I probably mm-hmm. would have been like that woman. I would have left and went, what just happened there? What am I feeling? What, you know? Right. I right? had my daughter's friend, actually, she conducted an experiment in Portland and my daughter shared it with me that she refused when she's walking on a sidewalk to step aside, to move aside for any man. And she counted like how many times she was bumped into because she did not move yeah. aside. And we are kind of taught like, oh, you should always step aside for a man. Or And and when she brought that up, I started to pay attention to my own behaviors. And I just last week, I was driving in the car to go pick up my son from school. And I'm driving on a street in the Central West End. I have the right of way. And I, I don't even come to an intersection, but a, a, a nicer, more luxurious car comes out of the alley. And a man is in the driver's seat. And I, I slow down because he comes out he comes out a little far into the road and he had his left turn signal on. He was going to be turning. So I was like, uh, okay, I'll keep going. And he gave me this look like, how dare you not, not let way. me in and it's, not make, and I, I have the right away. I have the right away because I'm, I'm, yeah. I have the good car and I'm a, and I'm a man. <laughs> and so I, I, I did flip him off when I continued past him. I was like, well, screw you. You know, I flipped him off and then that incensed him even more. And instead of going left, he went right and he tailed me the whole oh, way, gracious. the whole really? way to my, and then I got to my, to where I needed to turn for my wow. son's school. And I said, I am not going to indicate that I'm turning right Right now I'll just make it a very fast turn. Yeah. And then he as soon as I turned, he had it, you know, he was flipping me off and I was like, what an arrogant person to feel that he was wronged because I did not let him in. And then yeah. I thought, thank God I'm not married to him yeah. or dating him and the, and or that, any of those things. It's a- arrogance is an issue. You know, yeah. I mean, you, and I've seen it. I've seen that that arrogance is a thing. Arrogance that, is ignorance. Yeah. Right. Well, not being aware of the people around you, not giving credence to the other human beings in your world. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, come (laughs) on. You know, I used to deal with it when I traveled a lot. And and I noticed that there were certain people that decided the armrest was theirs. They like they like claimed oh, it. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And they wouldn't even be like, Hey, do you you know, Wanna like share? like let's work let's, it out. We're sitting next to each put other. Your elbow you know, here. I'll put mine like, here. Oh, the, you know, yeah. I got I got my elbow here and it's not yours. <laughs> it's the worst when you're in the middle seat and both of your like, side partners are like claiming that armrest. But then like, they look oh. at you and they're like, Oh, she's a tiny person, she can just kind of <laughs> well, I hate it. I hate it not only when they take the armrest, but when they, they spread their legs. 
legs, and all of a sudden you are <laughs> you are you know trying to fit into the little slot that where the you know the tray table comes down, you know, and maybe you know heaven forbid you actually have to get up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and you're like, okay, but thank you so much. Airlines and airports are interesting because I think some people take it like, well, I'm not going to see these people again, which I think is sad. Yeah, you may not ever see these people again, but you are still a human in the world, and you're connected to everybody in some way. And so, why would you treat anybody this way? You know, I mean, some people get an airplane, they're like, I'm going to whoop out my stinky food and, oh, and, oh my gosh. you know, take my shoes off. My, and you're like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> my tuna salad sandwich. Here well, we and then I guess that goes back to the point of like, what do we as women feel comfortable telling somebody? When are we to, why do we get concerned about being rude when somebody is obviously crossing over our boundaries? Well, I mean, sometimes I I would be afraid to step up. I mean, think about that guy that tailed you. I mean, he was clearly had some anger issues, you know. And so, I think there's a, a safety concern sometimes. Yeah, I you agree. Know? It's a tough call. It's a very tough call. I've now I've noticed my daughter has no qualms whatsoever. <laughs> She's really, and I mean, and, and so maybe it's become with the younger set, like, yay us, we've empowered them, you know, but she doesn't have any qualms about getting in someone's face and telling them what she thinks. Now, there are times, to your point, Emily, where I'll say, you need to be careful sometimes. So you do mm-hmm. not know if that person is psychotic and will really pull something. Sometimes it's a good idea to just, you know, kind of like when you're driving on the road and somebody's driving crazy, I I tend to do the, okay, we're going to let you have your accident elsewhere. I'm I'm just going to pass you by. Totally. Good luck, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in, uh, actually, you know, grew up all over, but I learned to drive living in California back in other century. <laughs> and, Which part of California? Uh, Southern California. Okay. In the, in the desert area. And uh, I remember, you know, that was also the same time frame when like road rage became very mm-hmm. like happening all the time. Folks shooting people on the highway, on the freeway. And so when I've lived elsewhere, I, I'm not an aggressive driver. And I was once something that my ex-husband and I would argue about because he would be, somebody would cut him off and he'd be real angry and he'd want to, you know, get up on the tail. And I'm like, you don't know if they have a gun. Could (laughs) you please back off? It is not worth our lives. And I think just because I grew up with that, learning to drive that way versus living in an area that didn't have road rage. And so, or didn't have the, the, the consequences of road rage that was happening out in California. We do now, you know, right. that has happened and migrated across the whole U.S., you know. So you, I tell my kids as drivers, do not. There's no reason, Mm-mm. you know, curse at them in your car and they will tell you all kinds of stories about how the cursing I do in the car. But there's no <laughs> reason to be like that man and get on my tail. I mean, what no. if I had what if I had been psychotic and yeah. decided to like slam on my brakes, make him hit me, or, you know, get out of the car with a big old, you know, loaded shotgun like Clint Eastwood or something. You know, you're so I, Clint. I am so <laughs> Clint, you know. I mean I clearly. literally speaking. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, well, there you go. Write that down. That's a whole new podcast. Hashtag. Maybe that's when Sam can start. <laughs> Sam, our awesome audio engineer over there. Well, I'm going to take a little sip here. Yes. And, Shall uh, we take a sip? Take and, a sip. And, and uh, we'll be right, right back, back in <laughs> a moment or two.
So we were back, and we were all just getting a good kick out of that Clint Eastwood, and we were <laughs> all trying to do our best Clint Eastwood impressions, <laughs> which I think I won with the kind of the Gollum esque version <laughs> of Clint Eastwood. Oh, yeah, you probably fun. need to find that surgeon in town that will do some kind of vocal cord, like voice box dropping, um, special uh, uh, plastic surgery thing. I know they got it out there. There's got to be somebody for everything out there. Oh, but. sure. People alter their bodies all the time now. I'm sure there's someone that does this by now. I need my voice to sound like Clint. Clint oh, Eastwood, okay. right. Yeah, that would, that would match my physique so well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you wake up in the morning. People would be saying coffee. to Emily, now what kind of supplements are you on? <laughs> and do I need to give it to my young son? <laughs> uh, or should we just watch you if right. the tumor grows out the side of your head um, on this one? Right. So you say you bought it on Amazon. <laughs> okay, right. all right. Did you read the reviews? <laughs> but anyway, prior to the... Prior to our little drink and uh, voice break, <laughs> we were talking about um, the universe bringing people into our yes. lives, and we got sidetracked on you know male drivers and you know yeah. how women can stand up. But I wanted to ask you, Mish, thinking back into your history, what qualities have you found in your female friendships, or is there somebody in the like top of your mind that really was impactful on getting you on the direction that you're going now? Oh, wow. That's a a toughie. That's Um, payback for your question (laughs) on your podcast. Well, I think, I mean, the two people that come to, there's two people that come to mind right now that have been really impactful. And they're my friends, Carrie and Jill. So, Mm. and I just saw them. I just saw them. So they're top of mind. But Carrie Anderson, so I live in Little Hillsboro, Missouri. Okay. And they can't see me on the podcast, but if you look me up, I have no hair. And Carrie Anderson was like the my spokesperson in Hillsborough, Missouri, letting everyone know that I didn't have cancer because everyone thought I had cancer. Right. Of course, I, so I, I made that mistake. Sure, too. but that's what you think. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. the go-to, right? And explaining to people what alopecia is. So mm-hmm. thank you, Carrie, for that. But Carrie and Jill also were the people, and Jill works with me now at Hundredth Monkey Media. I like I could not live without Jill. Jill is the other part of 100th Monkey Media that makes it all work. Mm-hmm. But Jill and Carrie were also the people in Hillsboro that knew what was going on at the time where I, I, I had adopted a little boy that ended up being a sociopath and looked real sweet and cute mm-hmm. out there in the world, mm-hmm. but at home was a completely different being. And so let me ask, the- uh, not to interrupt, I don't want to be rude. No. But, you know, people always say, oh, my kids are devils at home. They always act, you know, nice outside. What made you think that this is different than, oh, the just kids just act up at home? Right. This wasn't normal child behavior that other people would go, oh, yeah, my kid does that because he was doing the kinds of things that you know is going, it doesn't speak well to what we're going to do when we get older. And so when James got into climbing trees, I discovered that that was because he actually wanted to go kill all the baby birds. Oh my. Yeah. How you old know. was he when he did this? This was, a, he was around eight years old. Wow. Um, killed the family cat, tried oh to gosh. kill the dog. I mean, this goes into, right, you know, this isn't, oh, kids, you know, this is, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, and right. so, but to the outsider... He was, he looked like 
an awesome kid. I mean, I would the perfect I, little angel. Yes, I mean, I we would go to parties and there'd be people from the neighborhood there, and he was just charming. just a charmer. Mm. And we would look at him like my daughter Mickey and I. I remember us being at a party one time, and we were both looking at him, and I was like, why? Why doesn't he live with us? That that looks like an <laughs> yeah. awesome guy. That would be the kid you want living with you, not the actual human being. So there was, it looked weird. Well, and just, you know, I'm white. James is black. And, and then I had my daughter, Mickey, naturally. And so there were weird rumors of, oh, she... She had her perfect little white child, and oh. and like you know, and you think, wow, don't know me, Dia. Yeah. How? No, mm-hmm. right? You right. know, I'm I I love people. So, it doesn't matter, you know. So it was this weird thing that was going on in my life that was hard for other people to put together, and yet Carrie and Jill got it. Yeah, and were really Supported rocks for, for me during that time. So I don't know much about alopecia either. Is this something that can be brought on by a major life event? That would be my, or, you know, I mean, so our bodies are weird and they handle stress in weird ways. And so my body, for whatever reason, decided that was how it was going to handle the stress of that time. So even though, bummer, my hair is falling out, at the same time, I was weirdly thankful that that's what decided to happen as opposed to being laid out, can't function. I mean, I was able to get up every morning and keep my daughter safe and keep as much as I could keep people and things and around us safe, you know, I mean. I think it's great in one way that you had such a physical indicator that something very significant was wrong too. You know, like, you know, some of us, we internalize our pain so much that it isn't until years later when we, like you said, we become laid up or very seriously ill and that's what manifests. But you were given this gift of like, okay, this is, this isn't just a feeling I'm having here. Yeah, this, this is, is right. So did you say to the kids, oh my God, you're making my hair fall out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get you, out of my hair. Right. <laughs> you guys, there's too much stress. I my hair's falling out. I literally did that. Like, I want this kid out of my hair. Oh, oh universe went, yep, okay, Mish. Here you go. You, ball. It. <laughs> you could have asked to win the Powerball, but no, you didn't. <laughs> should have done that. You have to be careful. Oh, I just want to win the Powerball because of you. Yeah. <laughs> I should have that chance. To learn <laughs> how to spend that money. I should have that chance in my life. But no, God, you know, the universe gave you alopecia, but you rock it with your headscarves. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, thank you. Uh, yeah, the best looking well, alopecia like, person I know. Now I look at it like badge of honor, like, I lived through that, people, yeah, right. you know. Yeah, and, do you mind me asking, where is your son now today? I mean, what's the status? Yeah, oh, it's a, well, of course, it's a terrible story. Terrible he stories is on a our, sociopath, yeah, you know. Right. And so the, the end of the story is that he ended up living, you know, we got him out of the house. He went to residential care. And then after that, they tried to put him back in the home. In your home? Yeah. And they they kept saying, oh, we got to reunite the family. I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. no, no. And at this point, there were three mental health professionals that were using the term sociopathic tendencies and behaviors. And I'm like, you know, nobody knows how to cure that. That's not like incurable that everything I'm reading is saying this is a person you don't have live with you. Uh, So we have to figure out how to keep them out of the house. And so... 
they placed him in foster care, which is another scary thing. So the first foster family I had contact with and I could tell them, here's psychological evaluations that have been done and we could talk and that didn't work out. You know, they they had to get rid of him when they figured out what was really going on. So the... He was how old at this time? At this point, he is, um, it was like 14, 15, right in there. Okay, so you have not only sociopathic tendencies, you have puberty happening, you've got uh, all kinds of physiological stuff going on that... There's, yeah. I mean, I telling you, Stephen King, if you're out there, I have an idea for a book for you. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Um, Stephen King is our number one fan. On <laughs> well, that's good. I'm, I'm sure he is. Yeah. He totally, yeah. you know, have a Ramon song and he'll probably listen. But <laughs> oh, uh, but uh, he ended up living with another family at some point and they wouldn't let us talk to them because they said it was bad for him. which really they just didn't want me. The children's division is the they, uh, the children's division did not want me to share the psychological evaluations with this family family into some harm's way. Exactly. And Mm. that's what happened. So he ended up sexually assaulting the six year old granddaughter of this family. Oh, that is awful. Awful. So this little six year old girl paid an extremely high price for the children's division, deciding that they should just try to hide this all under the rug. You know, wow, and he's in jail for that. So now he is in prison, and I believe um, he should be there for around another 10 or so years. We'll get, I think, I get some kind of notification if he's up for parole or what have you, but. That would be great. Yeah. And any contact yeah. with him? Does he no. send you cards or no, 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 anything no, no, no. like that? I broke okay. that. Once, thing. you know, I got to a place where I knew that I had to completely cut this person out of my life. And I mean, and did. I mean, I all pictures, anything that he, that was his, I got rid of everything. Yeah. I felt it was the healthiest thing for me to do and for the family to do. And your friends that you mentioned, Lisa and... and Carrie and Jill. Oh, gosh. Sorry. That's Lisa. okay. Carrie and Jill. What about how they treated you, why you think of them so fondly about this? What, how do they impact you? If you could describe it a little bit more. Well, I would say that it was so nice to have people that believed you mm-hmm. and that wanted to support you. Mm-hmm. And because of having that kind of the, the strength of them with me, mm-hmm. I, was, I mean, I, I could keep going because so many people didn't believe what was going on. And I kept, th- I kept like, I'm the same one. But even yeah. family members, you know, were, were kind of like, oh, I think Mish is losing it. That's so strange to me because I think of you as always being this optimistic person. You do. You, you love people. You love all kinds of people. You're very tolerant. You're very open-minded. I just, I would never go, hmm, it's just going a little crazy here. You know, I, well, and it affected me. I, I lost myself in that process. I, bet. I totally I bet. lost myself and I didn't sleep because, <laughs> right. you know, you're awake a lot when you have a person like that in your oh, house. You're yeah. afraid they're Especially kill you, right? you would wake up in the middle of the night and he'd be standing over the bed. You know, oh, it's very scary things happen. Oh, but when I went at, at one point after he was in residential care, I had a full night's sleep I hadn't had one in years. And I woke up the next morning and I was like, oh my gosh. And I started remembering who I was, who I am. You're like, this mm-hmm. is what peace is like. And I and, yeah. and once I started remembering, I'm like, I remember who I am. Oh my gosh. I am a smart person. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to do things. <laughs> and, and I really, once it was like, I knew that this was the end because I, I was 
going to work my little patootie off to make sure that mm-hmm. he could never get back in the house. Once I just knew that that was going to be the case, I was like, I am going to go live awesome. You were free. I'm going to go have fun. I remember that I had a different scenario, but I went through a phase of a little over a year where I had a stalker and I would the same. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and this person would be standing over my bed (sighs) or, you know, um, would come at all various hours and banging on my door and show up at various places. And you know, my I got so accustomed to that, that was what was happening that I kind of didn't realize that it was as bad as it was, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. And it took a couple of close friends of mine, um, my friend Debbie and my friend Amanda, they came and stayed with me for a visit and they were like, Emily, this is, this is really not good. You got to do something about this. And as soon as I did... And as soon as I was able to make sure that this person would never be able to break into my apartment. Stand over your bed right. again, <laughs> wake up. You know, it took like two months for me to realize that I wasn't going to wake up with this person standing over my bed or I wasn't going to, you know, wake up with them pounding on my door or showing up. But once that realization came, I was like, oh my God, this is what peace feels like? Yeah. That is amazing, you know? But <laughs> and it's I weird what you live with. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, it, I just know that for me, I mean, I, mean, I, I knew... Because you see, the difference is, is I knew James wanted to harm me. It sounds like this guy was showing. You weren't sure. Did oh, he want ever I say? You never you know. know. I mean, so, if someone's so calling, you, that might have been your rationalization. Your yeah, of, you right. know what I mean. Like, well, I don't think he's okay. going to really hurt me. He's just showing up. He just doesn't want our first date to end. <laughs> <laughs> this guy really, really likes he me. He really likes know? me. Yeah. yeah, he did at one point threaten to grab my awesome dog Iggy Pop and oh. jump out the window with him. Oh. So, oh, so that was yeah, right. yeah, yeah, the threat. That was kind of a moment where that's a threat. <laughs> That's a threat. Yeah. Yeah. I thankfully um, had some awesome friends that, you know, held my hand and helped me see that this is, you know, this you needs more than end. this. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I, and we are talking about friendship here today on Clearly is. Speaking, the podcast, and we're going to be right back after a little break. Welcome back to Clitorally Speaking, the podcast. I don't know about all of our listeners out there, but I certainly had to take a little drink of my cocktail, my bubbles, just to, those were some amazing stories that you shared, Mish, and Emily, I, what I love about you is I continue to get more stories from you and get to know you better over our conversations, and I did not know you had dealt with a stalker and... Yeah, and you both look absolutely fabulous, yeah. which well, I think is a testimony know. to to the <laughs> resilience. Learned, Let's not do that again. <laughs> the resilience of women, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that doesn't need to happen anymore. <laughs> we, we have made some adjustments in our lives yes. that have definitely uh, and chosen happiness on, and chosen awesomeness. Absolutely so, right. Yeah. You know, something that you kind of mentioned earlier was how the universe puts friends. You know in front of you at, at the right time. And certainly that was the case for you, Michelle. I, uh-huh. This is kind of a cute story. I don't know if you know this, Mich- but um, we actually met on a movie set. We did. Yes. Ooh. We did. Yes. Ooh, I'm we should pump that. We should uh, promote yeah. the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were the best extras. We were extras. Oh, Extraordinary. Yeah. I've been an extra, and I'm really good at it, too, yeah. just saying. Oh, <laughs> I, I definitely, I, was the, I went from the method the method mm. program, Ooh. you know, and how to look at that guy playing that piano. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I can give. I'm going to give seminars on it now. I like yeah, it. So I'm, you were piano good. watchers. Yes, so a, a friend of ours, Kathleen Dudley, Dudley Rose, is a wonderful— That's the champagne talking. Yes. She's a wonderful filmmaker. She wrote, directed uh, this movie, and it was, it was produced here in St. Louis. It's called Parallel Chords. Ooh. And it's a story about a young woman who is growing up in a household of classical music. Her father's a famous pianist who is starting kind of down the de- decline of his career. And she is a promising young violinist. And at 15, she's getting pressure from her father to pursue this career, although she's 15. She's getting interested in boys, finding other passions such as theater, and isn't quite convinced that that's the direction she wants to go. The story's beautifully told. and The music um, is fabulous, too. Yeah. It's a really lovely, lovely film. So we had the opportunity to meet a few years ago while that film was right. being created, and we met at the Fox Theater. We did. Oh, we fun. did. Yeah, that was where no. our scene was filmed. And it was on my birthday. So it was really, I was like, on a movie, on my birthday. How cool is it's that? It's fun though, right? right. So, yeah. and I'm, so I met Emily, and I was, I'll be honest, I was a little intimidated. I mean, Emily what? is this, you know, gorgeous, put together <laughs> person who Emily knows, dresses knows so much about <laughs> wine, right? You know, and like has so much education, and she takes care of fine instruments. Instruments and she's a cellist herself, and I'm like, oh, you guys! I drive my kids to soccer practice. <laughs> but I'm really good at it, <laughs> and I'm an extra on a on a movie. Yeah, I'm an extra. But it was very clear so that we, we were supposed to be friends because we were on that set, had a great conversation, and then didn't see each other. I again. didn't even friend her on Facebook. Yeah. I was that intimidated. Like, <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Over. See you later, <laughs> extra. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't need that in my life. She's got. She's so together. <laughs> oh. Wow. Well, the universe thought otherwise that we needed to stay in touch because we kept running into each other. She was doing that. She was in the orchestra for Lizzie Borden at New Line oh, Theater. Gosh, and we're like, hey, how are you doing? You're on the movie. What's the movie? That's right. We <laughs> should be friends. And then we ran into each other again at another New Line Theater event. Yeah. And she's oh like, my hey. Gosh. No, before the New Line, we the met. We ran party. into each other at a, a Marie Antoinette party. And how she recognized me with my big Marie Antoinette head Ooh, on my, ha- my wig on. Wig. And I had been drinking a lot of champagne that day. <laughs> Not as, good as, this cava. Not, as, not as good as this cava. Not as good as this cava we're drinking tonight. But Emily was like, "Let me have your phone." And she puts her number in. She takes her picture. She's like, "We are supposed to be friends." Yeah. And then we've just continued to get together, meet, have drinks, do this. We've on adventures. We've we've just really mm-hmm. enjoyed each other's company. And a few weeks ago, we were having wine. I know. <laughs> what? Right? All, Seriously? True confessions here. <laughs> Can you here. believe it? <laughs> true confessions here. We were drinking. And uh, we mentioned, the like, conversation was so fabulous. We had another friend with us, and our conversation was so fabulous. And I was like, this stuff needs to be on a podcast. I want to do a podcast. And Emily was like, me too. And that was a few weeks ago. And here, here we, we are. are today recording our first episode. And then you were brought in, and yeah. everything is just flowing. And it just goes back to the fact that the universe kept bringing Emily and I yeah. together until we finally paid attention and said, we are supposed to be friends. We're supposed to—this is supposed yeah. to be more than, oh, we were, you know, extras together on a movie yeah. set. and drinking buddies. And, yeah, and even more <laughs> than just—yeah, more than just wine gals, you yeah, know? Right. Like, you know, we can— we, Well, what I love about Emily is I'll say, hey, I want to do this, and she's like, well, let's make it happen. <laughs> 
Oh, All yeah. right. <laughs> like, well, that's okay. Me. That's, that's what, what I do. We can make it happen. All and, right. And you know, I mean, I have lots of dreams and aspirations. I just tell Emily, and she's like, "Let's make it happen." And then I I'm show up make in the next note conversation. Of that. Yeah. So yeah. my next dream, I'll just give Emma a call. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I'll show up with a big binder. So have a binder. It's all planned out. Yeah. It's, it's so wonderful. organized. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I try. <laughs> it's been a great time with you all, and thank you so much for joining us. We will make sure to let you know what wine we are drinking in the next episode so that when you are at home in the comfort of your own space, you can too share that bottle with us. Well, I just have to say this has been a wonderful conversation with you, Mish and Emily. We're almost done with our champagne. I hope our listeners out there have enjoyed the champagne and and the conversation. Follow us on iTunes, leave us a message on our Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, and thank you so much for listening to Clearly Speaking, the podcast. Thank you so much. Ciao. Bye. Bye.